<laughs> Hello and welcome to Lore Council, the podcast. Victory. Yeah, victory is mine, damn it. <laughs> welcome to Lore Council, the podcast from Shieldwall Productions, where we talk about anything and everything lore-related. And if you're wondering why I'm in such an interesting mood today, it's because we've just gone through several technical difficulties. And when I thought I fixed it, we just had one tiny little hitch left. But we finally overcame it, and it is a very special episode because... Not only is it our 20th episode, we're almost old enough to drink. It is our Halloween special. And speaking of us, on this episode we have myself, John, and... Nathan! Hey. So, we had... We've been doing kind of a theme here with Lore Council lately, with, you know, Legion theme number whatever. And 20th is the Alpha Legion. It is. But Master- since, well, however, when when um whenever you expect the Alpha Legion, they're there, but you don't realize it. Right, and they're the masters of misdirection. So, on this the twentieth episode, Halloween special, yeah, Mark II, Electric Boogaloo. Um, we did have a suggestion though for topic wise on this one, um, from one of you awesome listeners out there, uh, by the name of oh God, where's the page? Uh. Nathan, I'm going to do a thing. I'm going to try to remember his name off the top of my head. David I'm Ar- sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry in advance. David Arvello. Checking the comments. Hey, I nailed it. So thank you, David, for the suggestion for... I don't think you nailed it because I couldn't really hear like the second half of the last name. Arvello. Okay. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. If not, I apologize, good sir. But you did have a very good suggestion for the Halloween episode, which is... Night Lords. Yes. Because who else creeps everyone out? Yeah, but like, not like, not to a creep, but like terrifies. Yes. Because let's be real here. The Emperor's children creep people out. Because just like, you look at them and just like, why do I feel sticky? Why do I feel like I just need a chemical shower that is hot enough to sear me to the bone and, and I'm still... And to freeze it. And I'll still never feel clean. The water can't get that hot. Yeah. I scrub and I scrub and I scrub, but damn it, they don't make water hot enough! Uh, but Masters of Terror, Master of Scary, the Night Lords. And they do like to wear other people's skin. They do. It's kind of been their deal for a while. Yeah. Starting with their gene sire. Yes. The Conrad wonderful Conrad Kurz. Kurz, sorry. Crash landed in his birthing pod on Nostromo. Yes. A perpetually night world. Gotham. Basically. <laughs> night world that's just riddled by crime and corruption. It's like the people Batman without the sunlight. Right. And like all in like the governing bodies. Riddled with, you know, equally corrupt, you know, paid off by the criminals, blah, blah, blah. Kurz lands there and really doesn't have anything even resembling a friend or anyone taking him in. He literally fends for himself, like, half feral. And he sees all this, you know, injustice and corruption around him. He's just like, I'm going to fix this. But he doesn't really have any barometer for what's acceptable. He fixes this the only way he knows he's seen how things get resolved, which is, like... I'm going to be more violent than you could be. Yeah, like terrifying amounts of violence. So like, I'm going to show you what violence really is. Yeah, you want violence? I'll show you violence. Keep in mind, he's got no weapons of his own, so I'm sure he fashions some. You know, he's a hog. Primark. He is a weapon. Yeah, he doesn't need weapons is the thing. But he's living, he, you know, I raises mean, Baby Angron killed a kill team. Of Eldar, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of Eldar assassin, like, no problem. What kind of problem? What kind of problem does he wound him? Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, a Primark baby will kill yeah. trained professionals. Right, as you know, Primark as toddlers are just like, yeah, that's that's adorable. Even more than a toddler age Primark, which I'm sure is adorable. Because they'd be like, 
adult human sized, but they'd look like toddlers. Probably. Russ would look like that giant prize bear from the fair. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> he would. Uh, but Kurz would not. Kurz no. would, would just be like, hmm, someone call DCFS. Because this child needs food and sunlight and honestly a hug. Kurz could have done with a hug a lot during his upbringing because no one really talked to no mentor, whatever. He formed his own moral code, which is to say he didn't really... Like, he had one, but it was very warped and twisted in order to instill order and make sure that things got less corrupt and that, you know. He became the totalitarian government that everyone feared to wrong. Yes, but without actually ascending to a mantle of leadership. No. He rules rules with terror. So, you know, he'd make suggestions like, hey, maybe don't do this corrupt thing. And he'd be like, whatever. And then you'd be like, okay, find, like, the, you know, next on his list, string him up, flay him outside the governmental building and be like, I warned you. And he would do that just, you know, corrupt officials, any criminal he'd find he had to find out in the darkness doing a criminal thing. Like, there was literally no offense too low for him to descend upon if he could. Ca- you jaywalked. I'm going to flay you alive. Pretty much. But it earned him, you know, people, you know, obey the law so that the Night Hunter doesn't come down upon you. So that's how he got his nickname, Night Hunter. And he, as he was growing up, he was plagued by these nightmarish hallucination vision waking trauma nightmare things of a future galaxy riven by war the galaxy is in flames these like superhuman warrior brother warrior brother tribes fighting each other civil war like brothers fighting brothers like just untold conflict unknown to the stars up until that point rebellion on a whole new scale and he's plagued by this his entire life well the emperor hears of the night haunter by ways the emperor does he just he happens to hear the rumors of primarchs just kind of really nilly because plot he's a very powerful psyker true literally brought into existence by the 13 most powerful human psychers that were ever around yes this is also true 12 of them died to bring him into existence yes and then the 13th kind of hung around yeah it's like Melchior. hey yeah but we can cover that another one another time uh, he kind of hops in whenever he wants yeah um because they don't they don't really put that much into him yeah Papa Emperor hears about hears about yep. the Night Hunter. He's like, "Ee, that That's, definitely sounds like it that could sounds be. like a, that sounds like my hot topic face." Yeah, that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh, that sounds like the t- phase I went through when as an adolescent when I got really into serial killer uh, trivia." Oh boy, better go check this out to make sure. And if not, well, I'll do the planet of service and put it down. But if it is mine, oh. Gonna have some splain entered you. Or not, as or, the Emperor does. Well, or yeah. doesn't. I have some, gonna have some splaining I should do, but I won't. <laughs> Lands on the Stromo, big parade through this, you know, main city thoroughfare. And all the way, you know, he's marching, you know, he's walking through, like, you know, wave to all of these people, you know, I'm the Emperor, I'm just, I'm the Emperor of Miyanity, I'm here to save you, whatever. I'm the motherfucking Emperor. All the time, you know, he's looking around and, you know, looking off to, just past the crowd. And he's making eye contact with something that no one else can see because it's hidden. And that thing is Kurz. And Kurz is just watching him just like, what is this? This source of actual radiant light. And when he, whenever Kurz what's looks this? upon the Emperor. This? There's something in the air. <laughs> yeah, and there's something in the air is that when Kurz looks upon the Emperor, he feels calm and peace like he's never known his entire life because of those nightmare visions. Which, I guess, maybe a byproduct of being thrown through the warp and, you know, and the different the- skeins of time. Who knows how many years he went without actual sleep? Yeah, because 
if space marines need rare amounts of sleep, I don't think Primarchs actually need to. Eventually they would. But they can just do the whole catalepsy node where they just kind of... But if he always has to be on the alert because mm-hmm. you don't have anyone else to be on watch... When he's a hobo. Yeah. 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 I'm sure after what, a decade <coughs> or so of no sleep straights... Yes, it tend to tend skew to, things a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Tend to make the waking nightmares even more real. Yeah. But when he looks on the Emperor, they're gone. All that... that doom and gloom, he's just like... Yeah, and so finally, you know, the Emperor gets to the senior center, you know, main square outside the main government building, and Kurz finally reveals himself. And the Emperor looks, you know, he's like, my son. And he's just like, I'm not sure, but I'm willing. All right, I'll bite. What do you got? And I don't think, if I can recall correctly, Kurz does any sort of the same sort of, like, brash, brave challenges that, like, Russ or um, Vulcan or, or any of the other, the other ones who challenges the Emperor's authority did. Kurz just looked on the Emperor and felt this piece that he's never known. He's like, okay, yeah, I, b- I believe it. I'm not sure I've, I really want to, but here, yeah, sure, why not? I don't like this, but it's better than nothing. Yes. And then the Emperor's like, cool. So after we go back to Terra and do the whole lightning tower thing to prove your loyalty to me and, you know, give you a bit of a breather here, bud. You know, some and peace and quiet. And give you some clothes that aren't just rags. Yeah, you know, let's get you out of the... Hobo Batman gear. Yeah, let's get you out of the burlap. <laughs> get out of the dirty burlap. Um, you know, a long overdue shower, because who knows how long Kurz was on that planet without anything but rain for a shower. Zimbra's like, yeah. He's still probably small brother than Russ. Fair. You got me in a box <laughs> here, bud. <laughs> um, this whole thing, and then the Emperor's just like, yes, and now you, what was the Night Lords, were this, uh, third? No. That was Iron Man. Yeah. Research is hard, Nathan. Remember to do research, it's harder. Yes, it is. Um, pretty sure one of the single-digit legions. Um, but the Emperor's like, yeah, you get control of these dudes. Since ninth. Ninth legion. You get control of the ninth legion. And Kurt's like, ninth legion what? A legion of Sardis, space marines. He's like, he takes a look at him. He's like, ah, crap. I've seen these guys before. And the Emperor's like, yeah, I know. But don't worry. Those are j- they're just dreams, Conrad. They can't hurt you. And Conrad's like, yeah. All right, bud. But then after he parts ways from the Emperor, it all comes back. But there's some sort of weird effect where he, if he just enacts these horrible mutilations and defigurations on victims, like they kind of go away for a while. Well, it's like the Dark Eldar. Or Angron. If he, bites into, if he feeds into the nails long enough, he can find some sort of peace from them. Well, that's because the Butcher's Nails are designed so that your, only actually, your dopamine receptors only actually work when you're actually in combat. Yes. When you're being hyper-aggressive, yes. Yes. Seems Rodelia, but without the nails, which makes it kind of just like, well, that sucks. Yeah. But he had this one attendant, I suppose you could call, um, mortal attendant called the Sin Eater, who this guy would, this, the Sin Eater would go throughout the fleet and find people who had committed crimes under Curse's weird code and have them arrested and brought to Curse as um, fodder. It was a snack. Plaything. Kind of, yeah. Curse, not really anything. A lot of the primates were questionably good. Curse was never good. Like, he was doing the right things, but only because he didn't really have any other, anything else going for him. He did what, in the end, was right, just not through the means that were right. No, and actually that brought, um, that was kind of the Night Lord's hallmark. It was just terror, psychological warfare, because you knew what was coming, and when they did show up, they'd come 
coming out, come out of the night, seemingly made out of night, and they become wearing the flesh of the of the enemy's slain comrades, skulls, flayed skin, everything, terrifying the enemy. Just these acts of insane sadism and barbarism. That all it would take would be one engagement before the enemy's just like, nope, we're good, we're good, we surrender. If it's human, like we got, you know what? If this is what we have to keep dealing with for an entire campaign, nope, we're good. We'll follow the imperial truth. We don't want no more. But it eventually came to a head, all the sadism like that, during one campaign where Dorn, where it was with the Night Lords, the Emperor Children, and the Imperial Fists, and Dorn finally confronts her. He's like, "Dude, chill. This is, in you're, this is way over the line. Like, no, this needs to stop. I'm enacting whatever authority Dorn had. It was before, none." None, because this is before even this is before any of the primates became a war master. Yeah. He's like, you know, I'm putting you on, I guess, house arrest on the Emperor's children ship, or no, on like your on your own ship with Emperor's children um, Phoenix Guard standing outside your door until we can get word from Terra what the fuck to do with your with you and this sadism. And Kurt's just like, yeah, but like maybe. And then he has a vision, and whenever he had these vi- those visions of the like, nightmare future, he would kind of go a little bit berserk and insane. And he attacks Dorn and damn near kills him. Like, Dorn is very close to mortally wounded. Like, he is very much out of the fight. And that's when they're like, okay, into your chambers you go. You're not coming out ever. What do you think those Phoenix Guard are going to do? Pretty much. Because, you know, like, cool. You just <clears throat> I mean, he just bitch slapped Dorn. And almost killed him. Yeah. So, like, cool. Now you're under arrest because you've just kind of committed, like, low-key heresy. Time <clears throat> to go, you know, arrest you and your legion. You can go back to Terra because you guys are in super big trouble now. So, fun thing with the Night Lords. Yes. They never got renamed. Nope. Also, <clears throat> their original members yes. were all prisoners who were sentenced to the uh, depths of blackness <laughs> to never see the light of day again. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. They really didn't change at all when they got their Primarch. No, and then when they started recruiting from Astromo, no. They no, didn't. like, what is it? Their tactics didn't really change that much either. No. Well, I mean, it worked. Yeah. Why fix what ain't broke? Well, it's kind of broken, but, you know. <laughs> it's broken in its own way, but it technically works. So, you know, why tinker with the system that works? If it's stupid, but it works, it's not stupid? I guess. Definitely batshit insane. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was their whole iconography with bat wings. Go figure, Hobo Batman. Yeah. Bruce Wayne without his one rule or any other technology or money. <laughs> Basically... If Batman had never existed, but the Joker's just like, you know what? This is all this crime is fucked up. <laughs> if the Joker and Batman switch places, kinda, because you got the organized tyranny and the chaotic anti-tyranny. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Kerr's locked up. Their legion's very much on the chopping block, you know, and be the next legion to go become lost and/or forgotten. And then Kerr's just like, you know what? This isn't fucking fair. I never asked for these visions. We were doing, you know, when did it suddenly become not okay for this for my legion to use these tactics like it always has been? This is fucking bullshit. And also, you locked me in my room with all my toys. <laughs> so he just puts on his armor, puts out, you know, knocks out the lights, and, you know, sets off all the, you know, the alarm bells outside. And the Phoenix Guard come in, Lord Kurz. And he's just, like, hanging in the rafters above like a freaking ginormous bat. And, you know, just play, like, toying with them because they can't see, like, because something about Kurtz, he can project an aura of, like, utter darkness around him. Like, even more, like, to the point where it overwhelms Astartes' helmet sensors. And he just starts toying with them. He's like, I am no longer Conrad Kurz. 
there is only the Night Hunter and descends upon him and just butchers them. Makes a break for it, takes his legion, and just fucks off. He makes a break for it, you know, goes from his chamber to the bridge and tells everyone we're leaving. Yep, we're leaving. Fire up the engines, everyone go. Run back to Nostromo. Because at least we'll you know, everyone rally there, you know. Get to any warp, you know, any warp point you can. We'll meet back in Nostromo, figure it out from there. They get to Nostromo. They get all the feed, the inf- data feeds from the planet's surface. Ever since Kurz left, and there is no longer the threat, actual threat or evidence of the Night Hunter still being on the planet, crime went back to went to the point where it was worse than when Kurz showed up. Kurz is understandably upset because they've been recruiting from the place the whole time. All these people have made it in. A lot of these people have made it into his legion. Kurz is understandably kind of mad that they forgot the lessons of the Night Hunter. So he's like, you know what? They had their chance. The Imperial Fist, meanwhile, are chasing the Night Lords. And they, you know, they catch up with them and see they get into the Nostromo system just in time to see Kurz's flagship blow up the planet. Execute the planet. He's like, you know what? You've had your chance. Fire. Destroys the planet. Kind of a big deal because that was because Nostromo was a very had a very was very rich in adamantium. It was a, like very key key planet for adamantium mining. So that's not great, but also Kurz just committed genocide on his own people, basically. And so Dorn's like, well, that was... He never liked them anyways. No, he really didn't. He's like, well, that was... Dorn's like, well, that's super unforgivable. We're gonna... Bullshit. They blow up planets all the time. It's I like know. a Tuesday thing. I know, but like, double standards. Yeah. And yeah, like... It wasn't like a planet at a war. A normal it was, just, it, was just, it was just kind of on a whim sort of thing. You know, it wasn't like a, hey, this place whim. Hey, this place that I worked so hard to fix yeah, yeah, just yeah. went back to being more broken than before. Right, but the planet didn't, up, you know, wasn't actively fighting against. They're like, oh, cool. The, Lent, the Night Lord's Legion are back. Welcome back. Aren't you guys going to come down? And Kurt's like, nope. Dorn sees that. He's like, well, that's fucked up. Even if, by our standards. Of course, if they just, like, virus bombed it, left it intact. These still leaves the minerals intact. Right, but Kurz, you know. Yeah, I know. Kurz has just been burned basically by the Imperium. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. If I can't have it, no one can. Blows up the planet, fucks off to the edge of space. Just to get away from all the other Imperial forces. It's around this time where Horus is doing the thing. And Horus reaches out to Kurz. He's like, hey, so I'm about to do a thing. And... The Imperium okay is no with, friend to you. And I'm okay with your tactics. I'm okay with your tactics. In fact, and I want you to use them. Yes. I will. Not only will I not be like the Imperium that, you know, discourage them, I actively, I would support you using them and encourage you to get e- to even higher acts of status in, in terrifyingness. I want you to be able to scare space marines. Because like, uh, why? He's like, no reason. He's like, oh, but also, or he's like, oh, but also, Kurz, um, just, just for a while. You need to still pretend to be on the Imperium side. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's on five happens. Kurz gets into it. And somehow they trusted the Night Lords. Right, you know, after, you know, they just Horus been... fell, but we trust the Night Haunter. Right. You know, the Legion that we were basically about went... to expunge anyways. Yeah, that went rogue before any other, technically. Maybe except for the two missing ones. Again with those. <laughs> <laughs> so like that happened, you know, yeah, sure, trust the Night Hunter. But then the Night Hunter, like, shows up and saves Lorgar's ass for some reason. But I think mostly just so he could get a swing at Kurs. Or, uh, Korax, rather. Yeah. 
technically kind of has Korax. Korax is entirely miffed. We went into that last episode. Heresy continues to unfold, but then the Night, Hunt, Night Lords are sent off to the um, Thrama system to draw off the Dark Angels. Yes. Another very big legion that Horus needs out of the way. Thrama system, way away from Terra. Kind of weirdly close to Ultramar, but sure. Let's corral Ultramar to- is 500 planets. Well, yeah, but like, cool. Ultra- unquestionably hugest legion, and then another big legion. Yeah, let's just corral them. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Corral them in the same sort of area, so exactly. maybe the Ruin Storm fucks up with, you know, keeps them both penned out. Curse's orders just occupy the lion and his legion as long as you can. And he does. But Kurz is not a duelist. No. Not a duelist whatsoever. And there's one point where they, you know, they've been going, it's called, and it's being called the Thrama's Crusade. At one point, the Night Lords send a message to the Dark Angels and just like, hey, Kurz is like, hey, Lion, let's talk. Go to this planet, these coordinates. You can bring an honor guard of two. I'll bring an honor guard of two. Let's just talk one last time before this goes any further. And the lion's just like, fuck it, I'll bite. Because he's like, yeah, I'll bite, and also gives us time to consolidate a force and figure stuff out. So they go into the world of Sagalsa. Land. You know, they get to their, you know, make sure that you know, all the ships are, you know, outside of the range that they're supposed to be. And of course the Night Lords are sitting on the night side terminator of the planet. And the lion's just like, such literal creatures. Whatever. Down to the surface we go. Brings to, you know, two honor guards and they get down, you know, they land. I look around and like, well, no one's here, but they're clearly building something. Another teleport locust. Enter Kurz and Sevatar. Kurz just like, all right, so let's talk. And Lion's just like, okay, I'm listening. He's like, no, no, not here. Away from the bodyguards. And Lion's just like, Ugh. fine. You two. Make nice with your cousins, I guess, for a little bit. The dragons are just like, that... They're icky. Yeah, that sounds like the last thing we want to do. And the entire time, when you know, you know st- keep it civil, no swinging, remember the remember the terms of this meeting. Kurz and Lion go wandering off elsewhere to talk. Meanwhile, Sevatar is taunting the dragon, just like, you know, he's got all these trophies. He's like, yeah, I've cut plenty of wings off of pretty little angels all this entire campaign. The one dark angel who's with them just like, Twitching. The Primarchs come back, and Curtis, you know, is actually looking pretty sincere. You know, like, you know, do you understand the gravity of, this, of things as they are now? Like, you know, the way things have changed. Like, do you understand why things have to be the way they are now? Like, will you listen? And Lion's just, you know, is also, you know, surprisingly sincere. Like, you know, he hasn't actually been just humoring him. He's actually been listening to Curtis. It's like, yep, I hear you. I understand, you know. I hear what you're saying. Kurt's like, so what say you? Lion's like, forgive me. Kurt's like, uh, for what? And he's like, such a dishonorable blow. Pulls his sword and stabs Kurt's. Because the lion... That's like, his signature move! Sitting on defenses and cheap shots. Yep. That's two signature moves of the lion. Every once in a while he pulls a stick out of his ass and beats people with it. <clears throat> yeah. No one expects that. No. They, just, they think it's too far up there. <laughs> I think it's an integral part of his system at that point. But anyway, start it connects to his spinal cord. Yeah, that under you know, primarchs start dueling. Curses 
doing okay, surprisingly holding his own against the lion, but just through raw fury. But the lion's chipping away at him a little bit by bit. But then at one point, Kurz actually gets the upper hand on the lion. One of the lion's bodyguards sees this and rams his sword through Kurz's back. And he gets lodged there. And then Kurz, you know, understandably pretty pissed off about this, kind of just casually backhands him, shatters damn near every bone in his body. Because Primarch. Yeah. Um, both first companies of both legions land by a drop pod and start fighting each other, like fighting with each other to pull their Primarchs away from each other. Like both, you know, warriors from both legions like rush the you know, the dueling Primarchs and literally just prying them away from each other while also fighting each other. It's like, Dad, Dad, stop fighting, stop fighting, he's got you. <laughs> No, it's worth noting at this point that Curtis had kind of fucked the lion up to the point where, like, you know, part of his skull, part of the lion's skull was showing from how bad he was just, like, wailing on him. Curtis isn't, any, isn't in much better shape. Um, fight and retreat both sides, get the Primarchs away, and at that point, the lion is just kind of even more livid with Curtis because Curtis had a point for once. <laughs> or rather, ha- had a point in the lion's eyes, and I think it was mostly a point, you know, why Horus needs to win. He's like, you know, all these visions, I think, because they never, as far as the Lord that I've read, explained what was said in that little exchange. But I'm pretty sure it was, so here's the reason I've had these visions. And it's, if Horus doesn't win, it'll be a galaxy of war. More or less the same thing that Cabal told Altharius. Pretty much. And the line's just like, yeah, you're on a point, but, um. No. An oath's an oath, but I'm still going to sit on the fence. (laughs) An oath's an oath, but I can't. You've got a point. I'm not going to, you've got a point, but I can't join you. Therefore, I'll just sit on this fence so I can. So I hold to my oath, but don't actually impede you either. Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. That's what. That's my theory anyway. Makes the most sense because that would probably make what would make the line most pissed off at Kurz. Is if Kurz had a point, had a compelling reason for him to break his oath, but the line is pseudo honorable and an oath to an oath. <laughs> oh, it's an oath. Well, the Thromas Crusade goes super sideways for the Night Lords after that. Because the lion kind of beat the shit out of Kurz in a big way. Like, when they pulled him apart, you know, Kurz was, like, barely on the edge of consciousness. Apparently, just after they got him back to the ship, lights out. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of slips. His ball was pretty dim to begin with. Yeah, and he kind of slips into a coma after that. And so, you know, no one to guide or, you know, organize the legion. And with, a, with one side having a Primarch organizing tactics. Even Kurz is still a Primarch. He can still counter another Primarch into his tactics, at least answer so they don't get it, you know, bitch slap. Because apparently the way that crusade went is the Dark Angels gain ground one place, lose it heavily in another. They go to address there, Nightlord goes where the line wasn't, and it was just a constant trade-off attrition where just stalemate grind. Well, without Kurz to be the counter there, the line's just like, all right, my turn. Raffle stomps the Night Lords and, you know, kind of corrals them into one little area. And they're like, all right, any ship that's got power, go. Apparently, Kurz come to at one point, challenged the Lion to a duel during a boarding action. That didn't go well. Sevatar goes to try to rescue him. That doesn't go well. So Kurz and Sevatar prisoners up on the Lion's flagship. Well, Kurt, nothing, weirdly, Kurt can do a lot of things pseudo well. Apparently, he's kind of an escape artist. Go figure. Yeah. So, you know, he's sure he's locked in, like, a hold for a while in the Lion's flagship. But then he breaks out after the Dark Angels receive a beacon from McCrag. So they make their way there. 
Meanwhile, as you know, they're going through, the lion is actively hunting Kurz throughout his own ship. And since Kurz is the end all, well, except for Korax, is really good at hiding. And, but in kind of a super aggressive way, it ain't going well. Well, Korax bloods into the background. Right. Kurz brings the background around him. Yes. That's a good way of pointing. But again, there's one point where the lion damn near has Kurz. Like, you know, they're in like, because the, they figured out where kind of Kurz was in the ship and just evacuated it. And the lion's like, okay, cool. Just close the airlock, you know, the lock, you know, the sealed door behind them. This doesn't open until I knock. Make sure it's me. Here's three different ways to make sure it's me and that I'm alone. And he's got Kurz like dead the right. You know, he's about to drop down on Kurz, you know, swords poised. Combead kicks in. Curse hears he's like, hat, fuck off, and just disappears. And Lion's just like, What do you want? He's like, We made it to the to to, to the system around the crag. And he's like, Great, wonderful. What did I say about not interrupting me? He's like, Well, you we just thought you should know because it's kind of important. And he's like, Yeah, whatever. Curse manages to stow away on a drop pod and just hide in there. Because when they came into when they came above, when the Dark Angels came above McCrag, the Lion wasn't sure where Gilliman was sitting. So he's like, hey, just in case Gilliman's just Horus Mark II, let's load up the drop pods and be ready to, you know, make planet fall on the attack, just in case we have to. And the Dark Angel's like, okay. Curse, see this, and he's just like, I could use one of those drop pods. So squad loads in, and then Curse just, butcher, 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 closes behind him, and just waits. Does something to, like, you know, after the Lion and Gilliman meet, talk for a while, come Nightfall, because of course it's Nightfall. Of course it is. Rampaging plot device. Yeah. Curse is just like, you know what, I'm bored. And, like, manages to, like, be, like, befuddle and be in, just completely throw into chaos communications up on the Dark Angel fleet side of things and launches the, you know, invasion force. So all these dropouts come screeching through the skies of McCrack, and Gilliman's like... Hey, buddy. The fuck is this? He's like, I didn't know where you were sitting. I had to be sure. He's like, yeah, yeah. You do the same thing. And Gun's like, yeah, I just... And then Lion's just like, ah, crap. Because I didn't order this, and there's only one way this could have happened. And Gilman's like, go on. He's like, well, when we came here, we came from the Thrama system where we've been fighting the Night Lords. And, well, Curtis was on my ship. Go on. I have a feeling that is no longer the case. And then Gilman's like, wonderful. You let that thing loose on my city? And he's like, I didn't mean to. But you still did. Yes. And we talked about this on the Salamanders episode. John Grammaticus is there, perpetual. He's supposed to give um, a Fulgurite spear to occurs to kill Vulcan. But then the Cabal was like, but it's very important that you give it to Kurz to do. Because if you do it, Perpetual, and you stab another Perpetual, he ain't never gonna die. Grammaticus gets to Ultramar, and then Eldrad, Ulthuan, shows up and he's like, hey, so those Cabal guys, they're dicks, right? And John's like, yeah, but like, they did make me a perpetual, and I don't really have any other options. Like, 
well, you got the Fulgurite Spear, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, and they told you specifically what not to do with it, right? Yeah. How about you strike a blow for humanity? How about you strike a blow for the loyalists for once? Commander says, like, I think I will. And so Vulcan and Kurz meet up for their tight, you know, because Kurz been torturing Vulcan for a while after Istvan 5 and then kind of lost track of him when Vulcan did his thing, little magic teleport hammer. Talked about it in that Salamander podcast. Converted with these two Primarchs, and he's like, so I got this spear that I'm supposed to give to you, Kurz. And he's like, okay, well then give it here, fucker. And he's like, but I don't want to, and I'm not gonna. And Kurz is just like, you're a he tiny, squishy human. I'm a Primarch. I'm just gonna take it from you. And at this point, Grammaticus has like a, because he, when he got to Ultima Crag, he kind of come through warpy ways and got followed by a demon, which he then literally just captured in a bottle through sorcery. So he just got a bottled demon on his hip. And his yeah, hip. genie. Yeah. From hell. And at this point, you know, Kurt's like, I'm just going to take it from you. Give it, you know, starts, you know, making a play for Grammaticus. Grammaticus pulls the bottled demon. She's like, hey, catch. And just like smashes on the floor. The demon grabs Kurt and pulls him into the warp. And then Grammaticus turns to Loki. He's like, I'm sorry, stab. Shit happens. Grammaticus comes back one last time, and the Cabal is just like, it's very important that you understand that you literally can't die anymore, because then you'll just be perma-dead. Also, what the fuck were you thinking? He's like, I wanted to do something for my race. We've been doing stuff for you guys. And you guys fucking had- it up. Yeah, and what good has that done us? We made the Red Angel. Yes, you did. Yeah, I forgot. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Curse gets pulled into the warp by the demon. Punches it, wrestles with it for however much time that doesn't exist in the warp, and then gets spat back out in the hills above Macrag after having killed the demon and rode it right out of hell. I got bad out of hell. Yep. Um, and I'm gonna level with you here. That's kind of where my knowledge of the Night Lord drops off. But after after the whole, you know, Thrama's Crusade ending, they be, that, they were the first of the Shattered Legions. Of the Shattered yes. Crusade Legions, because they weren't very organized after that. They're just like, when they were fleeing Savitar's last command, she's like, go forth across the Imperium and just wreak fucking havoc. Wherever you can, whenever you can. No rhyme or reason to it. Harder to defend that way. And so they did. They made it to Terra, presumably, with all the rest of the Traitor Legions. Or at least bits of them did. Yep. But they never became truly aligned to Chaos. Well, well, they never came full uh, worshippers. Primark never did. The Primark never did. That's a good point. Yes, they kind of went all hell. They kind of went quite heavy into chaos, just not into demons, right? Because there are limits. Damn it! Yeah, yeah. But, well, they well, didn't want any. They want. They did not want to have any competition after, after the Horus Heresy. Mm-hmm. The Imperium did send an assassin after Kurz. Yes, and Kurz is really sick of his, you know, nightmares. Everything, <laughs> everything happening. The nightmares didn't stop after Horus won. Well, I guess because Horus didn't win. Right, and it didn't stop after the heresy. They just came true. Yeah. But at that... And so he gives up and lets the pro- assassin kill him. After his lowering order, all his, the defenses. His, yeah, he lowered the defense and let the assassin in. And he ordered his troops, do not kill the assassin. Mm-hmm. Just pretend you don't see them. As soon as he dies... It was a right? Yeah. As soon as he dies, they slaughter the assassin. Right. Well, dies because the picked feed that the Imperium saw... Cuts out right at the last second. But he's dead. He's dead. He's super dead. Like, there's two completely dead Primarchs on the traitor side. Yes. Horus and Kurz. Yeah. It's like Sanguinius and Ferris Madness on the, on the loyal side. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, apparently the way the current edition's been going, death has no meaning anymore. They've got a body. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just uh, saying. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not going there. Yeah, no. Um. <laughs> something, something, 10-foot large pole. We, we could, but we need Austin for that. He's, he can do it funnier than we can. Yes, yes, he can. And he'll be eloquent about it the entire time. <laughs> which is the truly which is the truly infuriating part about the man yes um it's his own style of eloquency though yeah it's a unique kind a very loud kind yeah it takes a while yeah it's not succinct no he's very thorough yes mm-hmm. and Lewis were actually his first army right yes they are and they're beautiful they are pretty yes Although, <sighs> Halloween is not just for the Night Lords. No, not just for bats. No, because what's the vampire bats without some werewolves? Yes, and no, dear listeners, have no fear. I'm not about to go in a wolf and rant here. No. Different kind of werewolf. Warhammer Fantasy had their own werewolves, the skin wolves. Yes. Which, they had a fun little trick to them. When, you know, Morsleave is fully risen, the beast form takes hold. Yes. And burst out from within the sk- uh, within their human confines. Alien style! Yes, but then they're still covered with, like, this ragtag flesh of their mm-hmm. previous body. So fucking metal. <laughs> so fucking metal. Yes. Nathan. And they just go around terrorizing everyone. Yeah. Because they've got this wolf the size of an ogre. That's how fucking big they are? Yeah. That's not even fair. <laughs> like they I can understand the werewolves wolf. being like you know a little bit bigger than humans, maybe a lot, you know bear yeah. size, but like a werewolf the size of a damn. Uh, the wolf and, uh, the the skin wolves make your wolf look small. Hmm, that's terrifying. Yeah. So so the large space really gets dwarfed by the werewolf. That's and it and they didn't take over everything. How you know we small numbers. Uh, small numbers, also a small time frame. That's true. Because for the most part, they really only get full beast mode. When Morrisley is high. Yes, which is also very unpredictable mm-hmm. to most. Right. So really hard to organize the invasion. Right. When you might be a couple years, days, decades, <laughs> centuries off. Uh-huh. Yeah, at least the uh, fucking D&D moon rats have better uh, predictability than that. You know what those are, right? Yeah, the moon's out. Yeah, moon's out. Cool. These rats are now super sentient and like take over small towns, townships. But then as the moon wanes. wanes, they get dumber and dumber. They go back to eating normal rats. It's like the tides. Yeah. It's like the Vermintide. Yeah. Speaking of which, there's Vermintide 2 coming out next year. This fall. I thought it was uh, first quarter 2018. That seems more accurate. Because <laughs> fall's like almost half over now. <laughs> Except where we are, we're just barely begun. Yeah. That's true. They're adding chaos. Nice. And career paths. Huh. Same yeah. characters, but now you can actually like develop them more. Hmm. Neat. Yes. That sounds like a future podcast. Uh-huh. Or two or three. Or two or three, yeah. One for each character! Five whole podcasts! I'm kidding. Five. I don't think... Well, I don't know if we could fill up the whole time. Might be able to. Between the two of us, I'm sure we could talk long enough. You're not wrong. <laughs> anyway, skin wolves. Skin wolves. And that's really about it, because to be completely honest, they got like one page of lore written on them before the old one exploded. 
Games Workshop, you tease! I know. Actually, they're Forge World. Forge World, you tease! But that's nothing new. No. But, you know, like, the Night Lords, they like to stitch human flesh together to make cloaks. I have a feeling I might... And so do the Dark Eldar. Yeah. <laughs> With their flesh artisans, the... Homunculi, yeah. You know what the Dark Eldar arm? That's the Eldar's way of looking at the Night Lord. Like, that's adorable. It's Halloween every day. Yeah. What costume should I turn you into next? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Dark Eldar. Well, it's important to note that the Dark Eldar are what the Eldar were at the fall. Not quite. Not quite? No, no not at all. Not quite at this depraved? No. Yes, depraved. They gave up their psychic abilities. Ah. So they wouldn't be able to be detected by Slanesh. Exactly. So she who thirst cannot find them in the web. That's right. Where other where the craft worlds gave up their debauchery and went for full Puritan. The Dark Eldar gave up their psychic abilities and went into hiding so they could keep, keep they the could party keep going. Keep yeah. Going. Yeah. And then get to higher and higher acts of depravity. Correct. And they use the torture of others as a means of of sustaining their own life force. Yes. It's actually said that if anyone with psychic sight were to look at some of the more prominent Dark Eldar, specifically uh, Lilith Hesperax, you look at it with no, look at her with mortal sight, and she's this, like, terribly, be- you know, terrible but very beautiful Dark Elf, Dark Eldar maiden. You look at her with psychic sight, the most wretched, awful-looking hag you'd ever seen because of how twisted her soul is. From all the acts of cruelty and depravity... She is a Dark Eldar has committed. Yes. And Dark Eldar have taken sadism and depravity and all that sort of thing to a whole new level. Well, even beyond sadism and depravity, they're flesh sculptors. Yes. Hey, you want to be able to fly? Cool. I'm going to give you bird-like feet and wings. Suck it, Red Bull. Yes. Dark Eldar really give you wings. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, but then you have to fly as high as you can to prove you've earned them. Mm-hmm. And don't die on the way up. Yep. Or the way down. Yep. Learn to fly. Trial by fire. Um. Or the, your wonderful, the racks, their assistants, <clears throat> are constantly being experimented on, being proved on. Mm-hmm. Or what's that, the racks and then the uh, abomination? No. Abomination. Not abominations. Talos Pain Engines? No. Nah, not yeah, no, no. Um, beasts. No. Yeah. I I know what you're talking about too. Man, we really names suck. Names suck. But those flesh the homunculi, and they just kind of turn people or any you know, any race really. They're not picky. No. In fact, the first time Tao encountered them was quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> they decided to do a cultural exchange. Uh huh. The Tau were not quite, really weren't very pleased with how uh, these the characters tau. were. Yeah, the Tau. Uh, no, they, were, they didn't really like how the Dark Eldar fought. Yeah. These giant mutant monstrosities. But they really just turned it away. Right. And the second time they fought after the cultural exchange, they noticed that they were familiar, kind of a grayish blue skin tone on mm-hmm. these abominations. And they're like, hey, so what happened to our uh, cultural ambassadors? And the homunculi are like, what cultural ambassadors? Oh, we uh, we absorbed them into our culture. Yeah, we assimilated them. Yeah. Dark Eldar have taken flesh sculpting and the infliction of pain to a whole new level. 
to where you will never get used to it. Their you victims can't. never get used to it. They can't. And they don't even they don't really rely on physical re- like shackles so much as inserting uh, large needles and spikes into certain areas of any of the galaxy's race's anatomy to hold them in place through pain alone. They're not physically restrained to a wall or anything. It just hurts for them too much to move. Even orcs. Grotesques. Grotesques. Yes. And man, they're they are grotesque. They are aptly named. But as far as some of the more creepy things the Dark Eldar have, the Mandrakes. <laughs> no real definition of what the fuck those things are. They were Eldar. At one point. And now they exist in a shadow realm that is not... It's the, kind of in between reality and the webway. It's a pocket dimension. Yeah. Just for them. It's a pocket dimension between a pocket dimension and reality. Which opens through where shadow. Where they want. Where they want shadow. Yes. Any shadow will do. Literally any shadow will do. Which makes them such great assassins. Yes. So for the Archons who are willing to go to the truly dark places of the Dark Eldar capital city, Kamora, to treat with the Mandrakes to employ their services, got some pretty good assassins, including one. He's never named, I don't think. He was. Was he? You know who I'm talking about, right? What's yeah. his name? Ah. Head taker. Head taker. That was the only no, name. That was... was the easily pronounceable name. Right, because the rest was... A... Eldar gibberish. Yes. Yes. Which is, you know... Get drunk, stuff a potato in your mouth, and then give yourself brain damage, and you can be pronounced it. <laughs> but yeah, most compelling single page of lore for any of the Xenos races I've ever fucking read, Nathan! And they dropped it. And they fucking dropped it. They had it. They it was just, so cool. He would just wander the battlefields, killing who he wanted, mm-hmm. examine their skulls, select a few, discard others, mm-hmm. clean them completely, take them to his little cavern. Mm-hmm. Put them in slots on the wall where there's a whole bunch of skulls, a few random holes here and there. Very particular right way to place them, too. Each one has its own points. Yes. And they all looked right above a pedestal in the center of the room. Mm-hmm. That was also made of skulls. They were all looking up toward up. Uh-huh. Every point in the room was looking at the center. And by the time that bit of lore was written, there was like, what, three, four? There's only a small handful of slots left. Empty slots left. They didn't number them, but they said the the slots were very few in number now. Mm-hmm. His work was almost complete. What that work was, we'll never fucking know! Games Workshop, you tease. Fucking tease. Damn it. So mad about that still. Such yeah, a... that was written in 5th edition, and... Yeah. They dropped his character after that. Yeah. <laughs> Not happy about that. No. So well written. So well written. Maybe we'll get a return to him one day. Not going to hold my breath, but who knows. But Dark Eldar, raiders and pirates. Yes. They they don't really have armies. They just have fleets that go and invade. Yes, large raiding parties. Yes. Come in, take some prisoners. Doesn't matter. Well, it's hard to get that many Dark Eldar to work together for long. Without betraying each other. Yeah, exactly. Yes. They don't work alongside each other very well for long periods of time. Right. Like, they don't play well with others. They Barely play, play well with each other. They don't play other. well with each other. Yeah. Yeah. 
But weirdly enough, like you'd think that Dark Eldar and Eldar are like Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines. No, 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 not at all. It depends on which craft world and which characters in particular. Cabalite. And Cabala, yeah. Cabal. Because Lilith Hesperex is on speaking terms with Eldrad. More 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 than speaking terms. More like walk in the middle of the interrupt the middle of their meeting, uh, the middle of their high council and just no one cares. Right. It's like, oh great, Lilith's here. Right, not again. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll also attack each other. Yeah, you know. Although a lot of the Dark Eldar Humunculi really respect Iandin for their necromantic abilities. Yes, this makes sense. Because that's kind of that's the Humunculi's whole thing is trying to conquer death. Because yes. Eldar aren't technically immortal; they have very long lifespans. Yes, but they are not immortal. No, no. Bolters prove that a lot. Yes, they do. That wraith bone's pretty cute. Daka daka. Um, but another thing Humunculi do is that they replenish the ranks of Eldar Cabalite warriors through basically their own version of... Cloning. Cloning. Well, not just the Cabalite warriors. Anyone, really. They can take severed fingers of a mor- of a noble mm-hmm. and regrow. regrow him. Full memories and everything. Yeah, so it's actually worthwhile. Make sure the, the homunculus is, on, is in your pay. Mm-hmm. Leave him one of your fingers. Yes. Yeah. When shit goes wrong, because yep. it always goes wrong. Make sure he's very well paid. Yeah. And you haven't pissed him off lately, or ever. Really ever. Don't piss, don't piss the monkey off. Beyond that, make sure he's well paid and your opponents don't have access to him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because the reason that they do the cloning in the test tube, in the test tube birth and everything like that, is because the Eldar birth cycle, very long. But the ones that are born naturally true born the true born basically become nobility day one yes because whoever carried them to term must be a fearsome warrior indeed also they're actually a unique individual yes instead of just cool you came out of a tube trooper number five six twelve eighty four yeah star wars stormtroopers have more individuality yes because you know they can occasionally rebel and think for themselves but yeah, Dark Eldar, they make Emperor's children look cute with their depravity. Speaking of Emperor's children, though, Fabius Bile yeah. has been to Kamaral and studied multiple times. He studied under the Mongoli. Yes. Ottoman goes to the Black Library. Yeah. Fabius goes to Kamora to, to study. continue his medical degree. Yes. To put it... He didn't enjoy the first visit, though. I'm sure he did not. Didn't he kill the homunculi who was responsible for it when he came back? I'm pretty sure he did. He's like, yeah. I don't think he killed him. I think he just kind of re- did everything but kill him. Uh-huh. Right, because killing would be too easy. Exactly. Right. That right. makes the pain end. Yes, it does. Although, actually, if you were to kill him in real space, the pain just begins. That's right. Because then, then she who thirst begins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because for the Dark Eldar, dying in real space is like a fate worse than death. Because they can die in Kimura left and right. In fact, they do. Oh, yeah, often. Quite often. Doesn't bother them. Because they're still in the webway, they're still safe from she who thirsts, also known as Slanesh. Because when Slanesh was born... She kind of destroyed their empire. And laid claim to every single Eldar soul, past, present, and future. Except for those who worship Loek. Eh? Yeah. I don't... Harlequins. 
Right. The Laughing God. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, ka, uh, was it Kagorak? Kagoraks? Yes. Um, the the 40k name for him is Kagorak or whatever. The fantasy name was Loak. Okay. The Laughing God. Right. That one's more pronounceable. It really is. Let's go with that one. Yeah. Because the other one, just every time you say it, it's like, Gesundheit. There's a bunch, there's a CH, multiple Gs and Hs in there. A few vowels, mostly As and Os. Someone fell asleep on the keyboard. <laughs> I think the cat walked across it. Yeah. He was like, hey. I think the cat started dancing a jig on it. Yeah. Gets done, he's like, hmm, that'll do. Thanks, Mr. Mittens. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> You're dismissed. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> No, don't keep going. And that's how we got the scene creator demon's name. Uh. Speaking of demons. Yes. Come on. What Halloween was? What Halloween is complete without demons? And uh, other devilly type things. Not just demons. Just demons, yeah. Because demons, 40k fantasy, make it super real, super fast. Yes. If demons have shown up... It has officially gone sideways, no matter which reality you are in. Because theirs is taking over. Yeah. On the plus side, the beginning of the, you know, whatever you're going to call it, the cataclysm. Yeah. They're still rather incorporeal. Yes. Rather unstable. Yeah, rather. so you have a better-ish chance. Yeah, but the warp is fickle. Mm. There's just a good chance you'll make it more solid. Uh-huh. So. God, Bolters made it worse. Bolters make it worse. But over here, Bolters made it better. Yeah. Over there, no effect. Yeah. It's like it's like uh, when it rains in your front yard, but it's sunny in the backyard. Yeah. Kind of like that. Or when the sun's shining and you got a blizzard going on at the same time. Right. Can you tell? You know, that was a thing. I I know. It's been a thing more than once, Nathan. I know. Like I've lived I've lived in Illinois my whole life. That has been a thing. But the one day it kept changing weather patterns to something other every 15 minutes. That was a weird day. That was a fun day. Yeah. It's, it's a word for it. Not sure it's the right word, but it's a word for it. That was fun. Yeah. Well, I mean. The day of chaos. And also, you're, one of your favorite gods is Zinch, so, you know, it's like the day equivalent of change. Like, uh-huh. Zinch is change. It's like yeah. a celebration day. Yeah, sure. The bipolar I'm, vortex. Yeah. And ultimately... I'm a Fenris, so what am I complaining about? Cold and snow. It didn't stay. It kept melting. It did, didn't it? That's why I was complaining. Like, no, stay! And you, you like that evil sunlight. Yeah, that giant glowing ball of hate. <laughs> Not Austin. <laughs> um, Wait, we said giants. Right. Right. So not Sawyer either. Because Sawyer doesn't glow. He absorbs light. <laughs> Black is his rage and hatred. <laughs> Uh, demons, four varieties, four four major varieties, four major allegiances varieties. Because those Those who want to wear Kord, the god of bloodshed, Zeus, the god of change and hope, and sorcery. Uh, Most most prominent with sorcery because sorcery is used to change things. This is true, yes, and defy the laws of logic. Yeah, could do a whole podcast now. But anyway, (laughs) I use logic to defy logic. You know this. It's impressive, honestly. Um, then we've got Slodash. God of excess. 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 And then... Hedonism and excess. And then you got Nurgle. Jolly old grandfather Nurgle. Which... If you had to pick one of the four chaos gods to hang out with... He's jolly. He's also the chaos god of entropy. Yes. As well as pestilence and decay. Right. Which is why him and Zinch don't get along. No. 
Because Nurgle is all about giving in to the fact that everything's going to rot and decay. Right. And Zinch is like, but Zinch I don't want to. Zinch is the god of hope. Uh-huh. But Nurgle's like, there is no hope in the end. Yeah. Everything dies. Everything Because everyone's always like, why aren't Korn and Zinch the ones that hate each other? Korn hates sorcery. Yes, but Korn respects discipline. Yes. He hates Slanash because Slanash, you just kind of give in to your excess, excessive desires. And loving it! And do whatever makes you feel good. Yes. And somehow they still fight as well as Corn yeah. worshippers. Now, Corn still, there's no love lost between Corn and Zinch. No. But Nurgle hates Zinch more. And Zinch hates Nurgle more than. Zinch, Nurgle ruins Zinch's plans. Yes. Because of his inevitability. Yes. And the fact he just kind of bumbles through and breaks the webs. Yeah. But he's so jolly about it. Yeah. Because of all the hey, four chaos gods. we're all going to die. Let's have fun while we are still alive. Right. And of all the four chaos gods, if I had to pick one to hang out with, he'd be Nurgle. Yeah. Like, you know, make, you know. Well, sure, I'm in a, give me, well, give me I'm a bio, so I don't feel it. Well, no, while I'm in a bio suit. But, like, it's Nurgle. That's not going to do you any good. In a summoning circle of Clorox bleach. Still might. Protective wards written in bleach. Maybe. And Lysol. My point is. <laughs> He's just so damn jolly and friendly and nice. It's just like, yeah, you're hard to look at, but, like, so is Deadpool, and he's awesome, too. Like, don't get me wrong. Korn's hilarious for just how over-the-top mad he is all the time. And, like, I'm sure Slanesh can throw a hell of a party. Yeah. And has been for literally ever since they came into being. Which fun thing with all that, bringing a god into being. Murder fucked him into existence. Murder fucked him into existence. Also, because you brought an immor- an eternal entity into being, eternal being having no beginning or end, you brought it into being at this point, but now since it's, begun, it's been alive at this point, it's been alive since the dawn of time. Right. Which is why the Eye of Terror is, is a thing, because it destroyed reality. reality at that point. Yes. Literally the universe divided by zero at that point. Yeah. Just like, ah, good enough. Eldar didn't think so. <laughs> but they should have thought about that. Well, that's because all the two of their gods died. Right. Was it except for Cain and... No, Cain is dead. Cain is dead as shit, huh? Shattered. They take a, they Avatar, take a yes. shard of Cain that's to become right. the Avatar. Right. Although, theoretically, if all the craft worlds had just gone together with all their shards, they could have built their god back together again. Right. But, you know, as soon as that happened, though... One of them lost their piece. <laughs> it had to be. Yeah, yeah. Some more, some mood mood craft world lost their piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it wasn't so much that they lost it, so much as quote unquote lost it, because they just wanted to see what would happen. I'm pretty sure they just lost it. Yeah, probably. Um <laughs> So you got the lower god. Yes. And uh Shalia. Shalia, yes, who is captured by, by Nurgle. Nurgle. And he, he tests, tests all his virulent diseases on. Yeah. And if she's able to heal them quickly, he's like, well, crap. And just pours it on. Just done. That's useless. But if it genuinely affects her, brings her to the brink of death, it's like, yes, perfect. Out into the universe it goes. Because reasons. The flu already exists. Why, why, why bother doing another one? Improve? Improve upon? Yeah. I mean, there's all these different strains. That's just mutation on its own. Yeah. It's going to keep doing that regardless. That's true. 
So why not add a completely new style of strain to the whole equation? Yeah, one that, you know, makes you hiccup the tune to Camp Town Ladies. Yeah. And eventually someone's going to get hit with both those, and you're going to get another com- combination of both those things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nurgle's super nice and like that, but he's still pretty sinister. He's very sinister. Yes, and let's talk about this. He one is of his... death. This is true. Like, corn um, is bloodshed, but Nurgle is the inevitable death of everything. Yes. Corn wants to fight. They two kind of get along, though. Because corn fights and kills things dead. And then they rot. And that's when Nurgle shows up, like, thanks, bud. Take it from here. Corn's like, yeah, whatever. Skull is mine. Yeah. Isn't, the skulls. Your, isn't your throne big enough? No. No. Needs more skulls. Brass. But more importantly, more skulls. But brass skulls. Brass skulls. I need more skulls, Nurgle. All right, bud. You do you. I'm just going to take care of the rest of it. Rot, rot, rot. Hey, hey. How, how many skulls are on my throne? You got those guys who are always counting everything right. <laughs> <laughs> Until the Nurglings pester them and they lose counts. Yeah. Plague bears, yeah. Plague bears do not like Nurglings. Nurglings. No, because Nurglings... plague bearers' job is to keep count of things. Yes. And Nurglings like to pester them and make them lose counts. In integers of seven, because seven is Nurgle's number. Favorite number. Um, six is Slanesh? Yes. Uh, s- seven is Nurgle. Eight is corn. Uh-huh. Nine is zinch. There you go. Hey. And that nine being zinch's number, you got to change and, and sort of pseudo-sorcery and just kind of god of knowledge, too, yes. right? Is a nod to Norse mythology. Sacred number of the gods, specifically Odin, is nine. He hung on the world tree that it has all the nine realms for nine whole days, gain the knowledge of the runes. So, god of... Chaos God of Knowledge. Makes sense that his number is nine. And he's always got those birds. And the birds. Specifically that two-headed one. Yes. They do a different thing, though. They do a very different thing. Yes. They change their outlook. Yes. Uh, and then, for those of you who might not have picked up on it as far as Slanesh, because this was only brought up, pointed out to me, I think, by you. Yeah. Recently. This, as of, like, this year. Slanesh number six, right? Yeah. His whole thing is excess and debauchery and um, self-gratification, yes? Yes. That sounds an awful lot like the uh, cult of Satan, Satanism. Uh, they did take quite a bit of influence from them. Yes. Like, like, hey, what can we do to make this uh, like a believable cult of excess and self-gratification and hedonistic? So they looked to a natural cult of where that's the thing. Ch- yeah, they looked at the Church of Satan. Yeah. And... Wouldn't you know it worked? <laughs> it did. Um, but there's so many creepy crawly demons between all of those that that there could be a whole podcast of its own. Well, game wise, game wise, they've done the Furies, which are an undivided demon. Yes. Are they? They are. They do not want. Well, more recent editions, you had the ability to give them a mark, but prior to uh, that, they were just a completely undivided demon. Gotcha. So I just had to save, and they just kind of fucked shit up. Yeah, they didn't get any of the bonuses. Oh, neat. Neat. Yeah. Mm. Like, hey, we're demons of ourself. Of warp, it's of the warp primordial evil itself. Yes. Now, in the past, they have had different 
chaos gods. Yes, they have. One of which has been Malice, like the chaos god of disorder. Right. Because that's not redundant at all. Correct. Um, he has lost power. You don't say. Well, it's not that he's gone. Mm-hmm. So much as he's not one of the prominent four. Right. Um, in the age of Sigmar, Slanash had kind of taken the sideline and allowed an opening for the Great Horned Rat to ascend to being one of the top four. Great Horned Rat's a Chaos God? Great Horned Rat is a Chaos God, as is Hushut, the Chaos God of the Chaos Dwarves. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about those guys. And if you look at it, a lot of what the Great Horned Rat would be is actually kind of a mix of Nurgle and Zinch. Change, but also rot. Yes. Changing into rot, rather. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And then Hushut is a lot of corn and slanash. Mm-hmm. Not afraid of magic, very focused on bloodshed to excess. Gotcha. Like not just are, bloodshed, but like a whole new frenzy of it. Yes. However, they are their own standalone gods. There's not very prominent. Uh, Chaos gods gain more power by how many followers they have and how right. frequently they're being, how frequently they worship them, and what deeds they do in the name of those gods. Right. And it's worth noting that the Chaos gods can gain some sort of like measure of power just by the things that they're associated with happening. And the chaos gods literally start off as a collection of subconscious or conscious thoughts, a shadow of your emotion or thoughts in the warp. Eventually they they collide together and form a larger entity, a form Mm -hmm. a larger mass that eventually becomes, becomes sentient. Yes. And then sapient and becomes a God. Yes. And slanishes murder fucking into existence. Yes. Took an entire galaxy worth of a race to do that, but you know. Well, the birth of Corn took a whole planet giving in to bloodlust. Yeah. Until the whole world ran with blood. Yeah. And then out from it, eight mountain peaks came. Oh, sorry, a mountain peak came from the center of the ocean of blood, split into eight, got stretched to the eight different points. Uh-huh. And the middle of them was corn being born mm-hmm. screaming yes and that is literally like page one of the libra chaotica oh nice yeah <laughs> come on up and get swinging yes swinging for the fences for those 80 me- 80s metal covers <laughs> like i have said on this series this particular podcast series more than once that's warhammer lore in a nutshell is like picture a crazy 80s metal 80s metal album cover kind of like that um I still like the analogy of Warhammer is D&D's little brother that started listening to metal and hanging with the wrong crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Started listening to Slayer. <laughs> well, <laughs> it I never did. stopped. It never stopped. Yeah, and it went further down the rabbit hole. Got into, you know, like, like Deicide and uh, Carcass and all this old school death metal. And Grindcore. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Whereas D&D's a bit more refined, a bit more power metal. Yes. Warhammer's just like, death metal! And then 40k is like that, but in space. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. It is. But, like, even though Warhammer Fantasy is, in fantasy settings, you'd think it'd be a bit more whimsical. No. No, 40k is where it gets kind of more, way more Looney Tunes. Because, <laughs> like, at least in fantasy, the fantasy orcs, their contraptions have to work mechanically speaking. Yes. On a mechanical level. Yes. In space. Because we say so. Because they say so. 
got more notes on this notepad. Why don't? It also mentions uh, Tamarack doing Tamarkin. Yes. Since you know the theme of Halloween, you know you always put on a costume. Tamarkin is a chaos lord of Nurgle. Yes. His actual form is that of a giant maggot. That's that's gross. He inhabits a body. Right, like burrows into the chest cavity, right? And like if he's losing a fight, as when he was first introduced, and he was losing a fight to a chaos lord of Slanash, so he bursts forth from the chest and finds fights through fights through the deck, burrows into the chest, and takes over. Yeah. Hey, cool. Hey, Slash, I got your champion now. <laughs> and when that champion started getting his ass kicked, because, you know, the bodies only last so long with the rot. Right. So he's getting his ass kicked by an order tyrant. He's like, you know what? That'd be an all- Nathan, that's not his body wearing out from the rot. That's the body getting worn out by getting his ass kicked by an ogre tyrant. We'll call him a little combi. I think more of the ogre tyrant. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> he says, you know, that body would be awesome. So he takes over that one. Yes, and that one was riding a toad dragon, right? Well, he was already riding the toad dragon. Oh, okay. That was a gift from Nurgle himself. Oh, okay. Uh, so he took over the body of this castle of the Slanash at the, you know, past the northern steps, like right just into the proper edge of chaos wastes. Mm-hmm. There's this wonderful battlefield yeah. where all four gods will send a mortal champion mm-hmm. at the head of an army. Last like... one standing leads the rest. I see where this is going. So, Tamarkin... Tamarkin can't lose. Tamarkin took... Beats back the other three. Right. Killed all their champions and took over the rest of their armies. So, now he's leading an army of Nurgle and Slanash and, and Zinch and, and Korn. As well as undivided tribes. Right. Of Norskins and, and all that. Well, and then um, an army that large of all chaos attracts other things, be it they, be they demon or beast. Or spawn. Yes. Or beast men. Yes. If you are one of the lesser tribes, you get stuck on the out you get stuck on the outskirts of the camp where you may become food for such creatures. Yes. Stay close to the fire kids. Yeah. Oh wait, not that fire. Yeah, no, that one's alive. That's a Zinch demon. And it's hungry. Or it could die fireborn. Run that by me again? So one of the things the chaos the dwarfs have is a Kadai Fireborn. It's literally like this armored pillar of fire that kills things. Nice! And then there's the elemental, the incarnate elemental of fire. The lore of fire itself has an elemental creature. That just kind of wanders about. The size of a giant. Lumbers about. <laughs> Presumably much more coordinated and smarter than a giant. It doesn't take much. No, no, it does I am. Exactly. And I... I am a, You're at least an ogre level. I'm a caffeine-addled wreck of a human being and I love every <laughs> second of it. <laughs> I wake up for, for the day and I hang on for dear life, all right? But at least I don't fall down nearly as much as giants do. But, you know, after, after you know, proving himself the most powerful current moral champion, mm-hmm. he goes into the realm of Nurgle to find out, what, what quest have you for me? Mm-hmm. What next? <laughs> I finished the, the tutorial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hell of a tutorial. Nurgle tells him to invade the Empire uh-huh. from the south. South? Castaways are north of the Empire. Yes. So that's why you, the confusion was understandable. Yes. That's why Tamarkin is like, you want to run that south? So they end up going down the world's edge of mountains. Yes. 
through the ogre carrot kingdoms. Yes, and the ogres don't like trespassers. No, no, they try trap. They try stopping that army. That's cute. Yeah. Well, now, cool. I've got all four gods' armies and all this everything that that attracts. Now I've got an ogre tyrant's army. Mm-hmm. Because he's inhabiting the body, and the ogres just don't know any better. And now they're learning the ways of Nurgle. Yeah, so now they're even more tougher and resilient. And then after the roads on the mountain, they go through the border princes, which is always you know kind of this clusterfuck of, I'm claiming this area until that guy takes over. Then. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of go through and pillage the whole damn thing. Piecemeal, just one at a time, just like, hey. Not even one at a time. The army is massive enough. It's just taking over multiple kingdoms at a time. Mm, okay. There's a whole tribe that their whole focus is mammoths. Nice. Like, their thing is, yeah, we've got, like, 30-some-odd war mammoths. That's not a small amount of war mammoths, Nathan. No. Each one's got, a, you know, equivalent of a few, a couple dozen warriors living on it. Mm. Because Games Workshop can Lord of the Rings, too. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was cool. It was. Why not do it again? But with chaos! And more metal! Yes, lots more metal. More metal than you. More metal. Yeah, so... Although they did lose a good number of them by trying to attack Ind. Ind? Ind. I'm having a thing. Headed pictures? That's the one. Yeah, it's an idea. That's the one. Yeah, it's a um, bad one. Yeah, it's the, it's the fantasy version of uh, India, right? Japan. Japan. That's right. No, no sorry, no, Cathay. Cathay. That's Cathay. Yeah, they were trying to attack Cathay. So they reached their first tower. And that's about as far as they got, huh? Well, first they had to deal with all these wonderful, greatly skilled swordsmen. Uh Uh-huh. With these odd single-edged swords. Yes. They were cutting through their infantry. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, there's these sorcerers who use the celest... That use purely celestial divine magic. Yes. And casting lightning and destroying mammoths. Sounds about right. They do take the tower in time for a comet to strike it. (laughs) And at that point, they decide, yeah, that's enough, enough. So losing half their mammoths. They decide to cut their losses. Yeah, the Chimerican was not very pleased. Why did you take my mammoths and do this fool's errand? Yes. Like, no one invades Cathay. No. Nope. No one. New. No. The Ever Chosen doesn't invade Cathay. <laughs> and it's, and that freaking Archeon. Yeah. And he knows better. The Grand Marshal of the Apocalypse didn't invade Cathay. Because he knows better. Cathay, the ones who supplied weapons to to Kemri to bring about Nagash's first downfall. Yep. Forgot about that. That's a callback to last year's Halloween episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. No one invades Cathay successfully. No. Ever. If you ever cross into the borders of Cathay, it's because they allowed you to. Cathay managed to train ogres how to be ninjas. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Those are amazing models. <laughs> yes, because ogres... Yeah, keep it with costumes. Mm-hmm. Ogres adapt their culture to what's around them. Yes. They found themselves in Cathay. So man-eaters, as they are often referred to as the mercenaries, yes. they go, you know, They're get more hired, civil. Go, go get hired, not even more civil, they go get hired to be muscle for other people. They're a bit more personable than other ogres. Yes. They have people skills. Yeah. They're very good at eating them. But they have people, they have the talky kind. Yeah. They know, they know how to talk about other things with words. Yes. Instead of killing it till it's dead. They understand that if we talk at this thing with words, we get more food. Yes. Because while gold and shiny things are nice to ogres, food is much more important. Yes. Gold and silver is all well and good, but at the end of the day, money cannot be eaten. 
They they will. Not very susten- sustaining though. No, no, no. They like meat more. A, a gold coin is not very sustaining, but the food it can buy is much more. Yes. Point being. Yes. Anyways, so yes, man eaters, well known for traveling the world and taking on cult, basically taking on the culture of whoever hires them. Yes. But the one thing that's also known about ogres is not very sneaky. No, no. But they managed to, you know, could they hire some ogres because they needed some muscle. And believed in them. And now they have muscle that has agility. And stealth. Yeah. There's hope for me after all. There is. <laughs> you see, you could say, oh, wait, it died with the world. Mm. Or did yeah. it? I still got to believe that could they, like, even though the world's is shattered, could they just like, nah. They, they they had the level of divine magic at least as well as the lizardmen did. Yes. If not better or more refined. So you can see shit going sideways. It's just like, man, eject. Gone. Dink. Yep. I have to imagine that's exactly what happened. Out of being end, maybe not so much. Nah, probably not. Probably not. But anyway, Tamarkin makes his way past there. Yes. And then he's invading the Empire from the south. You know, the place that they never expect chaos to come from. Destroys the first city, tries to claim it, wondering wondering why Nurgle is not bestowing upon him demonhood after he defeats Altdorf. Then one of his one of his um lieutenants points to the medallion from the priest's neck, and Tamarkin can't read it. It's like, this isn't Altdorf, this is whatever like this little border town is. Uh-huh. Oops. So then he has to go to Altdorf and find the right one this time. Yeah. <laughs> Which now that now that uh, they know this is happening is very very well protected. Yes, they've had time to. Which is why the... he brought the Chaos Dwarfs. Specifically, they have their... artillery. Yes, very good artillery. Very good artillery that has its own, you know, demonic train engines pulling it. Yeah. 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 Murder train. Murder trains. Choo choo. <laughs> this train don't need no tracks. No. It runs on the souls of the damned. Yeah. Or the innocent. It cares not. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Kind of like the tangents on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we care not as well. Hey. A little bit. He we, does. We try. No, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> There's times when I try to bring it back around, but I know it's a vain hope. Yeah. Anyway. Closing the curtain they, a little bit more. They, 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 they get defeated. Yes. Oh, but they still got the closest to the capital that, you know, say for Archeon's gotten, right? Correct. And except it, for Archeon and whoever came before Archeon, that Magnus the Pious defeated. Yeah. Guy who, you know, didn't, probably has a name, but. They really didn't have a name, maybe. They've named the first and last ever chosen. Right. First was, uh, but, 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 I'm on it, B, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Bellacor? Yes, hey! Bellacor, the first ch- ever chosen. And the reason there are no other chaos demons of more than one go- demon patronage. Because uh, sensory he, overload? No. Um, he was the first mortal to actively seek out the chaos god's favors. Mm-hmm. And eventually got, you know, elevated to demonhood. Uh-huh. And continuously would play mommy versus daddy with all four gods ah hey, well so well, he Zinj me... gave me this thing uh-huh so imagine you're having like four pairs that don't get along that are all loaded uh-huh with power with no one else to give it to the only child the four parents and very volatile egos yes 
I see how this eventually could go they got pissed with him because they realized he was running the mar- and all four of them forsook him. Yeah, he has no gods backing him now. Yeah, yeah, and they will not promote anyone to demonhood unless it is they are purely dedicated to themselves, mm-hmm. which is why Horus will never be was not a demon, which is why Abaddon will never be a demon prince mm-hmm. because he is blessed by all four. They will not allow him to be a demon. Right. Not that they'll, he won't accept it. They won't allow it. Right. Then, you know, they'll make sure he stays alive because they like him. Yes, they're blessing him in his mortal form. But they won't let him get any bigger than that. No, because Bellacor, even after being forsaken, has ruled star systems. Yes. He can't call on the gods for more power, but he is powerful enough. Yeah, he doesn't really, like, he, you know, he'd like he, it. Whimsically, he just kind of takes over kingdoms. Just because he can. Small or huge. Because he can. And then he gets bored with them. Yeah, because he's going to fucking stop him. Exactly. But the Chaos Gods do call on him mm-hmm. every time there's a ever chosen, mm-hmm. for he is the only one fit to crown them. Oh, that's so rough! So he has to crown his replacements. Oh, every time, huh? Every time. Mm-hmm. I had to imagine that when Archeon was crowned, Archeon was just so ballsy confident, but like had like a little bit of like pseudo-humanity, le- like compassion left in him. Like he just looks at Bellicorn and he's like, don't worry, bud. I promise this will be the last time you ever have to do this. You're not the first to say that. And Arkan's like, yeah, but I'll be the last. And indeed he was! The second go around. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he needed a bit, he needed a warm up. Yeah. And apparently the Chaos Gods liked his in his uh, opening act so much. Like, well, more, again, again. More, more of the with the rerun and did it again. Oh, they, yeah, they hit the rerun button. That uh, Storm of Chaos. That's right. Was the end times. Right. Well, before they were 13 ready for... years ago. Yeah. Oh my god, they did it twice! They did. Just Eye like of the... Terror and Storm of Chaos. Oh man. Eye, Eye of Terror and Storm of Chaos were both preludes that Chaos won so well. Oh. They wrote themselves to that exact same corner twice. Although. They didn't learn their lesson? Well, here's the funny thing. With Storm of Chaos, Orc, uh, Orcs got a surprise victory towards I the end. I do remember that. Which is why Gorbat well, kind of came up. As, as Arca is about to completely destroy Valden. Grimgore shows up and he's just like, my turn! Sucker me, punches me. Archeon <laughs> and leaves. Yeah. I remember that now. I was wondering uh-huh. why the fuck that happened. Yeah. That was, I was um, like, that's out of nowhere. They were based, They were writing it based off the results of the of the games played. At least they did it that. At least for Storm of Chaos, they did it that way. They actually did it that way. For I of Terror, they wanted to, but Chaos kept winning. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no orc to show up and be like, "Hey, me too." Yeah. No. And, um. No. No. Yeah. It was Grimgore there's too. A, there's a reason. Wasn't it? Yeah. There's a reason that everyone refers to the third edition uh, Chaos book as the most powerful Chaos book, because it destroyed the galaxy. Yes. So hard that they needed some that the galaxy needed a Deus Ex Machina to get out of it. Yes. In that they literally just turned up clocks. They they did, actually after that they did reset the timeline twenty years. Yes, they did. I remember that. And Eldon has to die again. <laughs> yeah. He's still alive though. I know. He just got a model. The first time he was still dead. The first time he died. He died he didn't die well, did he? No. <laughs> no one of that kind of name dies well. No. Primarchs don't die well, Nathan. No. None of them have died well. I mean, only four of them have died confirmed. But none of them died well. No. Well, the assassin was pretty quick. Still not dying well. 
Because Curse well, didn't fight back. Actually, that's kind of the best way to die at that point. He was calm and allowed and accepted his death. Mm. He did not fight it. That's true. Ferris Manus lost his head and then lost his head. <laughs> yeah. Sanguinius got slain by his brother, who then got slain by their father. Because Sanguinius getting a little jab in. Sure. As he's going down, sure. Because, no, that's how it has to be, Nathan, because I refuse to believe in this whole Sandalinius person thing where it's a random human shows up oh, at that one did, point. No, no, that absolutely did not. I, I'd rather believe that the Emperor's like, you know, fine, fuck it. Mind blast, fuck it. Uh-huh. Just like, you're too far gone. I'm, I'm still I'm the, done. I am the motherfucking Emperor. I am done playing on your level. This has been fun with the swords. Now I'm going to end it. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, that hurt. I see my mistake now, but I'm still the emperor. I'm still alive. You, gonna, you're gloating. I was gonna give you a chance. I was gonna give you a chance, but now you're monologuing and it's getting fucking tiresome. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it went, though. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, horse, you've won. You don't need to mon. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> still the emperor. I figured if I let you win, you'd, you'd see the air see of your ways. ways. But no. Now you're just monologuing and you're just like, you know what? And you killed my pretty golden boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's be real. Like, sure, horse became war master. But I think that might have been because the Emperor kind of knew that he couldn't make Sanguinius Warmaster nope. because of the wings. If Sanguinius didn't have the wings, he would have been Warmaster. Because he had the demeanor for it. He did, but he had the demeanor for it because of the wings. That is kind of the catch-22, isn't it? It is. Yeah. His wings were the source of most visibility. Yeah. Because he was so fucking terrified. Like, ah! And also with someone that's not... He, he wasn't a complete bitch, but he also wasn't the take always take charge. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, he knew when to assert his power, but he... He wasn't enough of... He wasn't hungry for it. Yeah. Also, I mean, it could have really only been Gulliman or Horus. As far as the tax Gulliman... Well, no, it's more of Gulliman was a statesman. Mm-hmm. He knew the political schemes. Yeah. He knew how to use them. Horus was charisma. Mm-hmm. He knew how to make people like him. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to. He didn't have to try. No, just he was the person people liked. And he was written that way in the very first book, Horse Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Dan Abnett wrote him so fucking well. Like, there's, I mean, obviously the first book of the Horse series, like, only one or two authors could ever, only one or two authors could do that. Graham McNeil. Or Dan Abnett. Yeah. And ultimately, I think they made the right choice to Dan Abnett. Absolutely. Because they went Dan Abnett, then Graham McNeil. (laughs) It was like, beautiful. Yeah, the first time Horace is just speaking to his war council, it's just like, I like you. A lot. And like, there, that was like a page of dialogue from Horace. She's like, I don't care that I know what happens. I fucking love Horace. And, and just the different ways he would speak to his mm-hmm. to the whole council or to his mournable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, depending on the context, just to his mournable, there'd be different ways he'd speak to them. Uh-huh. Because, you know, if, if it was just, hey, casual hangout time with Pops... It's like, oh, you little rascals, and just like kind of, you know, playing along with them. But then other times, like, now what did we learn? Or, you're embarrassing me in front of my remembrancer. <laughs> I was supposed, to, I was gonna have you guys, you know, be witness to me swearing an oath of moments. But, but now um, I'm you seem a little busy. That. You seem a little busy as you know Abaddon's letting Loken out of a headlock. Or no, it's the opposite way yeah. around. Loken's got Abaddon in terminate armor in a headlock, and he's just like. Sorry, Dad. How <laughs> about straightens his point, his top notch? Accident a little Horus, or yeah, <laughs> yeah Torgan a little Horus. Torgan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, we've made the fall so much harder. Yes, so much like ah, oh, no, Horus, you're such you're, you're 
We started so good. Uh, I got one last thing on this list, and it probably won't take very long, because there's not a whole lot to be said about it. Drakenfels. Yes. Oh, Drakenfels. As far as I could tell, it was ba- he was only really written into the uh, Genevieve, Vampire Genevieve series. Yes. But written as essentially one of the oldest mortal not, beings. If not the. Older than humanity itself. Mm-hmm. Which his only com- his only peers slash potential competitors at that point are the Slon. Yeah. Because if he's older than humanity, he's definitely older than the elves. Or at no, least no, as old no, as No, no, no. Elves were there before humanity. Okay. But, okay, but that, then his only peers are either the Slon or the elves. Yeah. And he taught himself magic because he was kind of a runt. Uh-huh. Was. But he... Is the operative word. Well, he's whatever size he wants to be. After he learned magic. And he, and he learned... After he could kill, when he killed things, he could take on their life essence mm-hmm. and extend his life. Yes. His spirits essentially grew more powerful than his body could contain, anyways. Mm-hmm. So he would put together bodies from slain things and be picky about the parts. You know, I want his arms, their legs, that torso, that head. He'd go a little Frankenstein with it. He'd go a very Frankenstein with it and have the body and make it work, work well. And, and for he those had of this you. this thing for masks. He yeah. always wore masks. And they were imbued with parts of him. Mm-hmm. Which plot device. If you don one of his masks, you become him. That's a hell of a rampaging plot device. Yeah. Uh, eventually, he does get kind of not completely destroyed, but kind of shattered. His contained. consciousness. For, no, no, not even contained. Uh, Actually, shattered. His consciousness mm. gets broken. Hmm. And he forgets who he is. Right. He just kind of wanders the mountains. Yes. Near his castle, but not realizing it's his. Right. And the thing about his castle, two things, actually. So, going back to the Frankenstein note. To any of you who've played the Warhammer End Times Vermintide game, there's a Drakenfell's Castle DLC. Yes. When you approach the castle for the first time, I look at it as like, A, that's creepy as shit. But also, look, thinking back on it in the Frankenstein comparison, that also kind of looks like a Frankenstein's castle. It does. And I love the, com- I love the creepy com- little light at the very top tower. It's like... Yikes. And love the comments of, why don't they just tear it down? Oh, we have. They've tried. No, we, we've done it multiple times. It rebuilds itself every time. As if nothing had ever happened. And he, he's been locked for life so long, he just kind of gets bored and fucks with people. Mm-hmm. And then he, his greatest, greatest thing was, after, you know, messing around with humanity for a few hundred years, he takes a couple of centuries and, you know... Becomes publicly, you know, sorry for everything, makes amends, mm-hmm. becomes buddy-buddy with one of the emperors. Mm-hmm. Invites a bunch of invites, nobles. Invites the entire imperial nobility, nobility to dinner. Mm-hmm. To a grand feast in his hall. Yes. And it w- and paralyzes everyone. Everyone. And then they're still alive, still mm-hmm. conscious, can't move. And starve to death as there is a feast in front of them. That isn't rotting, isn't decaying, still nice hot food uh-huh. the entire time. And it still stays that way. Even if the, after they've turned to skeletons, their bones have started to dust away, food's still there. Yes. Which I was very happy they put that into the game. Yes. Because it describes that scene in the first uh, Genevieve book, which was mm-hmm. Drakenfels. The Hall of the Poison Feast. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in the... In Vermintide, the Poison Feast Hall is a little worse Tiny. for wear. 
little tiny, but also a little worse for wear because yeah. you know the scaven just rampaged through it. Oh, of course. The 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 building has the castle has not been able to repair itself just yet. No. Because the scaven literally just broke it. Yeah. Yeah. Although, and he, while he was alive, Drakenfell's. He was apparently in the old world before the Chaos Gods were. Yes, and this is one of my favorite parts that you told me about him. He considers them kind of amateurish and just doesn't bother dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Acknowledges them. Respects right. Respects them. Right. Will not actually join them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they offer up all these gifts and he's like, and? What of it? What else you got? Because I can do that already. During the end times, it does not specifically name Drakenfels. It just names an entity. It names an entity. Actually, it just refers to them as a, the, uh, the, the unnamed or the mm-hmm. nameless. It has all the traits of the shattered Drakenfels mm-hmm. and is looking for his name. Mm-hmm. And the Chaos Gods offer him his name. The Nagash has been withholding from him. Yes, because Nagash comes along and is like, hey, if you serve me, I'll tell you who you are. And he's like, that'd be nice. All right, let's do this. And doesn't do it. And then he's like, yeah, screw you. I'm going to go to the other side of the wall. Yeah. Chaos Gods like, we'll tell you. We yeah. know exactly who you are. We've been waiting for this moment for so fucking long. And once you realize it, you realize how much you hate us. Yes. They tell right, him. Because now you're ours. Mm-hmm. She's like, damn it. God damn it. Not again. Got me in a box here. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, while he was, you know, keeping watch for Nagash's army, keeping watch over the an Empire army and making sure they weren't completely destroyed, he'd get bored mm-hmm. and kind of have, you know, regiments slaughter each other, raising each, raising other regiments to the ground in a blood fest. Just on and on, on and off. Yeah, on and off. Okay, uh, another fight. Yeah. I'm bored. I would play with my toys. <laughs> yeah, like Nagash, not a good guy, but Dragonfell's kind of worse. He's bored. Yeah. At that point, he's also older than Nagash. That's true. You could say Nagash, you know, young Nagash. He's yeah. the only one who could. Yeah. Except, for, well, not even anyone else, really. Yeah. Well, that's also... Again, it was one series of books that that uh, she set him up. Mm-hmm. And they brought him back for the end times. Yes. But definitely, like, you know, he'd, he'd break a body and just kind of... It wears out after a while, mm-hmm. especially if you're losing fights. The first time he actually lost was against um, Sigmar. Sigmar himself. Sigmar himself. Makes sense. And at that point, because he had he had built his castle in the mountains, and mm-hmm. he just kind of took over tribes of goblins after you know, <laughs> after he bored of fucking with them, and like pitting them against each other, he kind of rallies them all as one massive army and starts annoying the rest of his neighbors. It would be goblins. It, it is. It's goblins. Not orcs. No goblins. 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 No, he just he just fucks around with goblins. Just and you know what? Around. Evil though he is, I imagine him like. Because they're goblins, him kind of descending to their level of fucking with each other. Oh, yeah. Like, just, you know, tapping on the opposite shoulders. <laughs> and, like, the telephone game and that. Just because, like, he's done literally pretty much every other kind of fuckery. Yeah. He eventually kind of has to go to Three Stooges Slapstick at some point. Eventually, that'll be the only untapped re- means of it that'll be new to him. I mean, after, like, 10,000 plus, 10, plus years. Yeah. Maybe he's got a rotation. Yeah, I mean, you've already done the uh, the eloquent jokes. Why not go for some, like, you know, third-grade humor? Yeah. You know, you've already done, you know, the well-thought-out anecdotes. Why not go for the pushing, in the, you know, going to, you know, this nice state's party, pushing someone in a pool, and farting and think it was funny? Nah, just kind of slap someone over back of the head, knock them into a puddle of mud. Mm-hmm. Custard pie! Yeah. Or, from where Grim turned, you know, he gets a lot of tiny little 
skulls. They just hidden in his raptors. Ping pong balls! Fucking Captain Kangaroo style. Because, <laughs> I mean, you live for a while. You live for that long. You'll get a little loopy and bored eventually, and you get but more slapsticky. Even I firmly believe that evil is no is like does not mean that slapstick can't happen. It's gonna have like a like really dark twist to it. So instead of actual ping pong balls, tiny skulls. Or just fuck with people anymore. Just ping pong balls, and they're wondering. They're waiting. They're waiting for the dark truth. Yes. They're like, when's it gonna happen? When's that? When's what gonna happen? Sometimes the best prank is the one that never comes. Subscribe to the. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock school of thought. Yes. There is no greater terror than that which the human mind can conjure. Yes. It's uh let the imagination do the work rather than the showing. Yeah. Oh, dragon bells. Yes. Evil, evil man. Well, not man. Cause Creature. Uh, sometimes Creature. he's a man. Sometimes he's a man. But it never really said what he started out as, huh? Yeah. Uh, theories of some sort of like ape-like creature. Mm-hmm. But again, because Games Workshop... It's one of those things where they're so vague. It's like, well, that's going to bother me forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh. We covered everything on our list. We did. We could go back and do some a different podcast. Exactly. The, cha- the demons ones, yeah, that does a bit. Well, chaos. Uh, we I tried have, with I that one. I have a lot to say on chaos. Yes. It gets distracted easily. Yes. Because shiny things. Right. 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 But... Anyway, does that about do it, Nate? I think so. All right. Well, thank you all very much for listening to yet another episode of Lore Council for our second year running Halloween special. Thank you, David. That was your name, right? Oh, crap. Yes, thank you, David. David. I can't remember the last name. Thank you, David, for the suggestion for the Night Lords that started this off. And we hope you all have a very spooky but safe Halloween and wherever you're listening to us, we at SoundCloud, iTunes, Pocket Cast, wherever. Don't forget to subscribe so you get all to your usual feed of whatever it is we do. Silliness. Right away when it goes live, rather than relying on me to put up the, you know, announcements. And if anyone else has suggestions, not excluding you, David. If you got more, bring them on. But if anyone's got suggestions for topics they would like on Lore Council or any of our other series, head on over to our Facebook page and let us know. Because we love suggesting because we can talk all day long about stuff that we want to, that we can think to talk about. But we'd much rather talk about stuff that you guys want to hear about. Because sometimes it'll be hilarious just by our complete lack of knowledge. But at any rate, thank you all very much for listening once again. Happy Halloween, and we will see you next time. Bye!